I hear them talking in the streets, but they don't say the real. We really debating the industry and what the six of feel. Cold shoulders turn to open arms when you on for real. Ain't no strangers to the bricks. Now let's build something for real. It's too real, real, it's too real. What's up, everybody? How y'all doing out there? It's the Real the Podcast. You know, we back for another week. Blessed to touch the mic again. Blessed to speak to y'all. So you already know we got to give thanks, as always. But, um, man, this episode we, we, we got coming for you, man. It's a good episode. Great talk. You know what I mean? It's, we got William Lou, um, a writer, a Torontonian, somebody who's just a great sense of humor, you know what I mean? And somebody who has also has a podcast, a defeated podcast, so... I would definitely want y'all to tune into this one and get a good feel for what's going on. But, um, fuck, man. Before I drop this episode, I want to just speak on something quick happened. Uh, I think it was like last night, two nights ago. George Lopez had a show. Um, basically, he made a joke, basically. He said some shit about... He was telling a joke. He's like, there's two things you don't do in Latino home. Um, bring a black person home. Bring a black girl home or a black person. And park in front of our house, you know what I mean. And he's he caught a lot of flack for for the joke, telling the joke. Um, to be honest, I don't I don't think the joke was that bad. Like that, that that's common knowledge. And if you don't know that, you're probably living in, under a bubble. You know what I mean. Anybody that knows me, I always tell them. I always tell people that that I know about growing up in the states and how Spanish people like because when I lived out here in Toronto before I went to New Jersey. I never got to see Spanish people like that. You know, you see Spanish people, but you never get to deal with Cubans, Dominicans, Puerto Ricans, like Panamanians, like all types of shit, like all types of Anians and shit. So I got to see that. Yeah, like, because over there in the States, black people, Spanish people say the word nigga and everybody's cool with it because like Puerto, some Puerto Ricans are black, some black, some Dominicans are black, some Cubans are black. So I guess that the white ones... The white Puerto Ricans, white Dominicans, and white Cubans feel like uh, they can say that too, you know what I mean? But the whole thing about not bringing a black person home, that's just common knowledge, man. Like, they have so many names for us, like Moreno, Trepapalo, like, monkeys. Like, they just, you know, they have all these names for black people. And as much as we're always fighting for each other, like, on a minority level, we feel like, yo, our struggles are the same. They're not really the same because... Spanish people kind of, maybe not all, but a lot of Spanish people value themselves or look at themselves better than black people because it's still black at the end of the day, you know what I mean? I'm tan, you know what I mean? I speak Spanish and my hair is straight, I can blend in. So I guess that's just how it is. But the joke, the joke, man, like, I don't, and I don't think the joke was anything, anything crazy, man. That's just something that we, you should know. The movie Jungle Fever, that's about Italians and blacks. This is just stuff that we know, you know what I mean? And look at J-Lo, man. J-Lo was with Diddy, and then I'm pretty sure her mother was telling her, you can't have that fucking nigger boy around you. And she just looked for the easiest time. As soon as Shine let that gun go, she didn't stick, stay down with her, man. She got out of there, you know what I mean? This, there's been a history of this. It, um, that, that's, just, that's just what it is. My only problem with George Lopez was how he handled the person in the crowd. Like, he was snapping, like... Um, I guess the person must have took offense to the joke and was just standing up. He was just calling her a bitch. Get the fuck out of here. Ugly. 
you know, just snapping on her, like you know what I mean. And I, I get the she might have been disrupting your show and stuff like that, but it, it it was bad. Like he literally took a whole minute and a half, two minutes to just get at this person. You know what I mean? That that that, that, that that's that's not cool. You know what I mean? But other than that, the joke the joke is light. You know what I mean? That person should you're at a comedy show. You should know what you're going there to hear. You know what I mean? Like race jokes are funny jokes, regardless of what they are. You know what I mean? Race jokes don't matter, Chinese, black, Indian, white. Those jokes is always funny because you just get to look at the perspective and, and just and just laugh. So I'm, I'm sure he could have felt a way because the person was trying to disrupt the show. But the way he went at them was, wasn't right. But um, that's that, man. I'm going to drop this, in, this episode right now with Will. Make sure you all subscribe, like, review. It's Too Real, the podcast. And if you want to be a guest, hit me up. It's Too Real, the podcast at gmail.com. Yeah, I already know. God bless. Yo, what's going on, everybody? It's, it's Too Real, the podcast. We're back for another week. Um, this week, we got a special guest. We got my boy here. One half of the Defeated podcast. What's going on, Will? Yo, what up? Uh, how, how's your week going, man? How's your day going? It's going good, man. I had, the, I had a rare Monday off. From uh, my day job, which I just you know cover the cover the NBA and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I get to kick back, you know. Oh, yeah. Around the house, a little boring shit, but you know you gotta you gotta settle in. On one day, you gotta get everything right for the week. So and then you know, Raptors, baby, Raptors won, so it's always good. Oh, for sure. Um, tell us about your day job. Like, um, Will, you you're a writer, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I cover the NBA uh, for the Score, which is like an, an app. You guys should all download that. Oh, app. everybody! Every come on, everybody has that app. Like, if if, exactly. if, you, if you're into sports, everybody has that app from out here. Come on, the score is exactly. the score is covered for everything. It's all free. None of that. No invasive ads. Nothing. Quickest scores, news, everything. So basically, yeah, for the news section of the NBA, I help populate that with you know articles. You know, yeah. LeBron trying to get Carmelo. You know, this could be an article in there for sure. So. So you so how, yeah that's my job. I just write about the NBA. It's a so, job. That's an amazing job. How did you? How did that come about? Like how did you get into that? Obviously you you have a great love for basketball and the Raptors, but how did um like that's I, that is an amazing job. I, like how did you get that? Like how did you get in there? Yeah, to be honest, I, it feels like it's just a lot of things broke right my way. Um, yeah, I, basically I started blogging on the side, writing about the Raptors. And then I got a chance to uh, catch on Raptors Republic, which is a great site. Again, yeah, can you break we'll that site down? I, I don't even know. I, I always see them on your Twitter. You retweet. I don't really know much about that. Uh, what is Raptors Republic? It's just a it's just a blog. That's it. And just we got you covered at Raptors Republic. You know, we got podcasts. I do a podcast there too. Um, but you know, on the writing side, it's just columns and news articles and stuff but yeah it, you know there's a good community over there too if you ever want to like engage with Raptors fans Raptors public comments it's it's a vicious world out there but you know <laughs> <laughs> Raptors fans are crazy but Definitely yeah basically crazy. I was just blogging on the side for Raptors and then uh, someone at Raptors public he was also working on the score and a job came up there and then he was just he recommended me and I got in the door basically no, no, that that. Was it. it's just like a, you got it's lucky you know a lot of life comes down to the opportunity so yeah, that's, that's amazing. That's all that really happened there. That's definitely amazing. Um, um, something like that. So, does that does that like do you get to go to Raptors games sometimes and like stuff like that, or it's just it's just really just basically covered? Oh, it's actually you covered the whole NBA, not just Raptors, right? So, 
Yeah, I mean, like, occasionally you get to go down the arena and stuff, but mostly I'm just, like, in in the uh, in our downtown office and uh, just watching basketball on TV and stuff. And then yeah. Seeing what Woj tweets out, you know, Woj. Oh, Adrian, Woj. Adrian Wojnarowski, that guy, right? The God, the God. Yeah, nah, he, he is, he is Mr. Mr. Information, Mr. Sources said, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, he's the man when it comes to trade reports and rumors. Yeah, um, exactly. Um... So something like that, what, like what, were you, what are you trying to take that to? Like as far as like your writing now, like are you trying to like actually go to like, obviously, you would love to work for the NBA, but like what are you trying to do with your writing? Because like I see you, people check in for what you're doing, um, every day you do a little analysis analysis of the games, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? You write you write your your notes. So like, what are you trying to take that to? Are you trying to one day like work with a team and like what what? Because you love the game. I see you. Basketball is everything to you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just sports in general, really. Like, yeah. it's, uh, obviously, you know, like, it's a one way to, like, connect with your dad and shit. I think that's probably the same way for a lot of male sports fans, or just any sports fans, really. Yeah, you know, like, my dad loves sports. We play sports a lot. And, you know, basically, it's just connection there. And in terms of career-wise, I don't know, man. Actually, I, I, I'm not very, I'm not a very career-minded person. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not constantly thinking about what's next, what's next. I kind of just, like, get to a spot and chill then do my job well and then see where that takes me yeah which is you know it's an approach it doesn't work for everybody uh, but it don't work for you things on my way so you know it's worked out but yeah it, it'd be cool to uh, you know I, I like my current job if uh, a bigger publication comes calling and they say you know what forget writing like 15 articles a day we'll get you to write like some profile feature work for ESPN then you know I gotta reconsider but hell yeah <laughs> you know, I like my job where it is right now you know I get to uh, write about the NBA do my you know day job and then you know Raptors come on I get to enjoy write on the side for myself there just give you know really in-depth thoughts on the Raptors itself and uh, I don't know it's a fun spot it's a fun spot I like no no no, no. I, I think that I, I definitely think that's a great job like something you love to do and it's not really work when you're just really giving your opinion, writing articles about shit that you're actually watching and exactly, observing. Exactly. You know? that, that's what's up. But um, talk about your podcast. Your partner's not here. Harsh ain't here. But um, you guys have the Defeated Podcast. Let, let people know when you started that and how you guys started it. Yeah, yeah. Well, shout out to the Defeated Podcast. Uh, I do that with Harsh, like you said, and also my boy Arun. Can't be sleeping on the third one. Oh, no. I, see, I never got to meet Arun, and I don't even I don't see him around. But shout out to Arun. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Uh, you know, Arun, Harsh, two Indian boys, myself, a Chinese boy, you know. Basically, what it was was we, uh, you know, we wanted to create a space for sort of immigrant voices to just sort of discuss the kind of, make, to make the kind of podcast that, like, we would be interested in listening to. You know what I mean? Like, obviously, right. a lot of the talks, we talk about sports and, you know, what's going on and shit like that. But, you know, we, we, there's other stuff that we talk about, like, just sort of our own life experiences you know, what that perspective is like as a person of color. Um, and basically it's just that, you know, the three of us were just friends anyway. We just pretty much just turned on the mic one point, started recording, and, uh, you know, it's, it's turned into something. No, definitely, it's, definitely. It's a, weird, it's, a weird, it's a weird show, for sure. No, definitely. Like I think... I think episodes it's... where we just talk only about Pokemon or episodes where we just Kanye West or whatever, and sometimes it's just pure sports, but, you know, it's, it's a fun show, and a lot of people fuck with it, so, you know... Thanks to all our fans out there, really. No, real, that real shit. And thanks to you. Thanks to you and your man E. Oh, your man uh, Swanson oh, for coming on. Oh, no, I appreciate it, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Everybody listen to the Feeder Podcast. Like, these guys are like, they're real people. Like, because why I say that is like, just off of your Twitter, just off, like, 
yeah, like much like you said, you're you know Harsh is an Indian guy. You're 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 Chinese, um, but you guys a sense of humor. Like I would think you're from the hood. Like sometimes like. <laughs> no, nah, like honestly, like you're just a funny guy. I go through your tweets sometimes, and I'm just like, yo, this guy is crazy. Like, yo, know, like you say some crazy shit, bro. Like, <laughs> you know, if you have me dying on the timeline, I can't lie. You and harsh, you know what I mean. So yeah, like you guys, you, your perspective on sports and and the world in general is, is really, I, I fuck with it, man. Yeah, man. Yo, I I, I credit a lot of that to uh, just like Toronto. You know, like Toronto such a cool place. It's like it's like a melting pot. And this is like exactly yeah, all the cultures just come means, down. Yeah, right? exactly. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's. It, for example, like I, uh, when I first came, like I moved to Canada as an immigrant, yeah. and like back in 2000, I was like seven years old, and uh, well, my parents like moved to like I don't think my parents really knew all the areas of Toronto that well, so they kind of moved to an area. Yeah, and it was like, like Weston and Lawrence. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. You know that? Area, yeah, right? yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I mean. Like my parents definitely didn't know where you're going to. Yeah. <laughs> You know, they didn't I mean? know. They didn't know what they're getting into. Uh, so you just then, picked yeah, up so on the culture. Much, I just grew up mostly around like. You know, like Somalian kids, Jamaican kids. You know, yeah, man. I, I actually saw people, you tweet you know. today. You know, I mean, you tweeted today. It, you're not from Toronto if if you never had to say say Wallahi. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's it, right. It, you know what I mean? And, and and it's just that type of humor that like, it just really makes me laugh. And it's good to see, like you said, Toronto's a melting pot because, like, it, everybody can like, can kind of, can can relate. It doesn't really matter. Like, you just know the slangs. Like, as much as you may not have to have hung with certain people. It just, everybody just knows a certain thing. Like, we all just, it's a, there's a code out here in Toronto. You know what I mean? And, and, and like you said, if you're from here, you know. And if you're not, you don't. You know what I mean? But. Yeah, yo. Um, yo shout out to all the Somalians out there, man. It turns like Hawaii from, like, a very serious phrase to, like. <laughs> yeah, but nah, for like, real. Like, say, Wallahi, well, there's a. <laughs> yeah, very there's, serious. There's, there's pig in, the, in gelatin. And you're like, yeah, of course there is, man. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, don't kill me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, but, man. Uh, but yeah, um, but the, yeah, I mean, that's the cool thing about Toronto, right? Like, I, I, so like, I got to move into like, obviously, you know, Toronto. There's segregated parts, like downtown is mostly white. Yeah. Uh, and then Scarborough's like a lot of Asian people and whatever, yeah. right? But like, you know, like the area that I moved to, like there were so many like immigrants and just people of color and all sorts of stuff, and people like you got poor white people and rich white people. That's a yeah. big difference too. Um, and just like everyone is so different that like when you went to school and stuff like I wasn't even aware really like I was just like I see myself as everyone else it wasn't like oh I'm a person of color and I was just like yeah, yeah not nah, because there's just, just so like, many yeah I know, I know what you mean I know Jamaican, what you mean that guy over there is um, you know you know Hispanic or whatever no I know, you know I know like, exactly it felt like everyone was on the equal playing ground it wasn't until I left Toronto and I was like oh okay I see how it really is yeah <laughs> no nah, facts facts I, I get what yeah. you're saying too because like when I went to school in Scarborough growing up um, it was like that. People from Sri Lanka, people from Peru, people from Jamaica, Africa, everywhere. So it's like, and plus, like everybody's just really an immigrant. Like, and you're a kid, you're not really realizing that. When I got to Brampton, I'm like, oh, we we kind of limited out here. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. It, it's like, oh, okay, they, everybody ain't got a big house. You know what I mean? So it's like, it, it, you got to see the demographic. All right, you made it out to certain area you were at to here, but. You you guys are really limited. You guys are minimal in the suburbs. So like you really get to see like Toronto, like you said, it's every everybody's there. You can go. You can find like people. You can find Asians in Scarborough, York region, stuff like that. But you can always still find a, like a community of the immigrants in the, within those communities. You know. Yeah, for sure, man. You know what I mean? Um, 
That's what I would say. Like uh, the fact that there's a video of Rob Ford, you know, rest in peace, Rob Ford. Rest in peace, video of Rob Ford. Legend. Trying to speak patois in, in Rexdale, yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's only in Toronto will that ever happen, where the mayor, the white mayor, goes down to Rexdale and tries to speak patois. Only in Toronto because you just got to get the culture. The, the same mayor is going to be at Carabana catching a bubble. You know what I mean? So <laughs> exactly. it, it, it's, it's just it's just the culture here. And like I even seen somebody tweet today. My boy checks. He's like, because the mayor um what was it the who 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 made a Bob Marley day today? Was it Trudeau or was it like or just the Tory? I think it was Tory. Um, the actual mayor of Toronto, and he was like, people were tweeting like that just shows you how everybody in. Toronto has a little bit Jamaican in them. You know what I mean? Like the Yeah, for sure. Just the fact that they made Bob Marley Day just just gives you that. But um other than that, how, yesterday what was you, what was going through your mind yesterday, man? When 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 you, when you saw greatness on display. Well, what do you mean? Tom, oh, Tom. oh, the Super Bowl. Yeah. Oh, man. Are you a Pats fan? To be honest, I'm not a big football fan. But okay, yeah. I watch so, I watch important games. You know what I mean. So I watched um, I watched the Cowboys versus Green Bay when the, when the Cowboys got eliminated. But football is not my shit. But I, I've seen I watched all the Super Bowls and, and every Super Bowl I've seen I've seen Tom Brady in a lot of them. So I I've seen him execute on, on the main stage. But just seeing that game yesterday, how I didn't really know the game of football could change like that. Like when you're down. 23, what was it 23 or 28? 28? No, it was 28 to three. Man. 28 to three, yeah. yeah. No, I, I didn't know. Like I just thought it was over. I'm like, you, you can just play this smart. And mm-hmm. plus, the Atlanta defense in the first half was was really shutting shit down. You know what I mean? So yeah, I just was like, yo, this game's over. But then to really, see, even when it was like 20, when they had like 21 or whatever, 23, like I'm still like, no. Like there's a there's a, only like three minutes time on the clock, but he really makes these drives. He executes like Tom Brady, man. Like th- that's what greatness is. Like even if you don't watch football like that, you can really just see a man come on the field and just get the job done. Like I don't I don't think that there was one time during the game when he thought he didn't feel like they could have won that game. You know what I mean? Like it's just like yeah, I, I've been here before. Like that's I, I that's all that he, that was on his mind. I've been here before and. Sure, he he had he got it to over. It was just it was insane. That game was insane. No, yeah, for sure. I mean, first off, like just as like a spectacle of athletics, like you just gotta respect greatness there. I mean, like we're talking about a five-time champion now. What is he? Like five five Super Bowls and seven tries, and one of them was that David Tyree catch off the off the helmet. And I lost. Yeah, I remember that game. That was ridiculous. Like the the Patriots were like eighteen and zero with uh, Brady and Moss that year. Yeah, I'm not even a big football fan like, like you I mostly just watch Super Bowls and stuff but yeah, yeah I mean uh, you know, they looked out of it man I mean Brady they couldn't they couldn't string together any passes I was like obviously you gotta cheer against you know New England and stuff like that yeah. but like the uh, the evil empire and uh you know, in Star Wars and stuff, you gotta cheer for the underdogs. And, you know, Atlanta. You know, Atlanta's on a wave right now. It feels yeah. like Atlanta culture is everywhere. You facts, know, Atlanta facts. culture is kind of an American culture almost. Yeah, exactly. Um, and you, you know, it just look great, man. They look everything was going wrong for the Pats, and then all of a sudden, you see in the second half, the Pats right away, just like you know, they get a nice kick return, and then like a couple penalties going like, away. The, the and thing they have is, long ass drive where they get the touchdown, and you're just kind of like, okay, yo, the Pats are really here for real, and like. I don't know, man. A 25-point lead is a lot, but, you know, man, Tom Brady, obviously that's like that's that's like a legacy game. Right? That's like LeBron leading that 3-1 comeback 
uh, with like two 41 point games and doing all the stuff that he did and everything like that. And and also like I mean Atlanta that that is what that's an all time choke job right there. Like I, like think about it. They had like what like three minutes left. They uh, they threw that that ball to Julio Jones and he had made an incredible catch. Somehow gets both feet in bounds. And that's like a thirty-yard line. All they yeah. gotta do at that point is just kick a field goal. Facts. It's a two-score game. Facts. It's a wrap. Because you can't score in three minutes with no timeouts. Yeah. It's not possible. Um, but instead of running the ball and just trying to like basically keep position, Try to Matt Ryan decides to drop back in the pocket, throw it, and, and get, get sacked. sacked for like fifteen 30, yards. Yeah, and, like and then three. take another penalty. And at that point, it was like third and third, goal, third, third. Kick it, and it then it was like third and thirty-five. Get a single stop the rest of the way. <laughs> nah. So you, you just gotta take your hats off to. Uh, you know, to New England for for making a comeback. Brady, obviously, an all time great, but also a lot the defense. You, I guess, I, I so uh, the thing about football is I don't really know football football too much. So where it's like I can mm. watch it, I'm, but I'm not like like I'm not really knowing the plays. Like so, like I don't know if like did New England make adjustments as far as defense or would the defense step up? Because Atlanta, like yo, in the first half there was a guy named Freeman. I'm like this guy is a problem. Yeah. Like he was really put given problems. Like he was giving a lot of problems out there, so I'm just like, it second half it just wasn't happening, and I'm just like, what are, what what are they doing differently? Like obviously they made adjustments, but I didn't see them doing nothing differently. But it just Atlanta couldn't execute, and then it's just the poise of Brady. It's kind of scary when you watch, like mm-hmm. when you watch somebody just know that yo, everybody's saying all right, the game's done, the game's done, and you're just at all the way at your ten yard line, just working your way up, just working your way up, just working your way up. Until you get to their 10-yard line and you're just throwing it, like, they know it's coming, but, they, like, you know, they know you're going to throw it, but they just can't stop it. Like, that's... Yeah, like, man. That's, it's like down the stretch, too. It was like, if you go back and look at, I don't know, the replay or the game log or whatever, it they don't even have, like, a, a, a running back or a fullback, nobody in the backfield. It's just Brady throwing every single time. Yeah. And, like, the defense has to know, like, it, that's obviously, like, yo, okay, obviously Brady's a really good passer and stuff, but... If you see that they're throwing every single time, you should be able to stop that at least once. Exactly. And they just couldn't do it, man. Brady kept finding his targets. Obviously, that miraculous catch by uh, Edelman yeah, was cold yeah. all game, and then he catches that. That's you got that little dude, Jonathan White. He was killing it. That's and, just how it's written, though, man. Like, so, like yeah. that's just how when when it comes to sports, man. The guys just say, "Yo, this is how it's gonna go." Like, because who was Matt Ryan to get to get a ring over over Brady? That's disgusting. Yeah. Like that's that would never be right, you know what I mean? Like that would never be right for so he just had to make it like come back like that. That was that was amazing though. Like for somebody like, for I know for those that really love football, they appreciated it a lot more than me. But I appreciated it. Like just watching it, like seeing it, I'm like, yo, he really did that. Like that was crazy mm-hmm. to me. Like I never seen that like that. Like because I'm just like, yo, this game's over. This game's over. This game's over. And then no nah, man, that last drive when he went to take it to overtime, I'm just like, this is insane. Cause you still need a two point conversion too, so it's like, you guys couldn't stop it. Like, like they need a two point conversion twice. Yeah. And they got it both times. That's why I'm just like, holy shit, Atlanta's defense just choked. They're like, yo, they're scared. They're like, yo, we've seen this before. We know this guy. Like that, I don't know. That that, that I never seen nothing like that before. Yeah, yo, but the one thing is, though, as much as I like to, I like to give him props for, obviously, it's a great athletic accomplishment, everything like that. The narratives going into this whole thing, I don't know, maybe I was just maybe reading it too much, sort of topologically and everything like that, but, like, it was very much felt like 
you know, the Patriots signified Trump, everything Trump represents. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. It was yeah. like the, you know. Yeah, trying to try to try, trying to speak for the culture and the revolutionists and the, and the fight back. I know, I know yeah, that that's the narrative yeah. Twitter was giving it. Yeah, from that perspective, it was just disheartening, man. Like <laughs> it was weird as I was watching this whole collapse happen. Like basically, after they scored. Uh, a touchdown to, and the two-point conversion of tied, sent it to overtime, which I think yeah. is the first overtime in Super Bowl history, which is incredible. Yeah. Uh, you're just like, yo, this is, it's over for Atlanta. Like, it's just, it's absolutely over for them. And you just look back and you think about it, and you're just like, yo, this, the whole game was like, pretty much this, like, pretty much like the last 10 years in American history. Like, you, you start out with that great start. It was like when, you know, Barack Obama became president, everyone was so hopeful. Yeah, like, yeah. Yo, you know, like, change is going to happen. We're going to get out of this economic depression or whatever it's, it's happened that, that, that Bush did and then the, his term and you're like Obama's in we're gonna be all this change everything's going great for Atlanta you got Lady Gaga as the halftime act which to be honest I didn't actually think I, I wasn't actually aware that Lady Gaga was such like a status symbol for a lot of white liberals but still like Lady Gaga apparently is and she yeah. did a great show she put on a great show I didn't really like her music that much but you know whatever she did a good show and after that, it was just like one loss after the other. We're also just like this this liberal Atlanta Falcons team just keeps taking L's to this like the white man Patriots team until the very end. You're just like, wow, I didn't think it would happen. Just like we didn't think Donald Trump would win the election. Yeah. Same thing, man. It, it, no. just, it was just like, oh, shit. I felt like just right after the election, you know what I mean? Like that. No, no, trust me. It was just, just... after dumb on the couch, like, I can't believe this shit happened. Um... I get exactly where you're coming from, but to me, I didn't really feel as bad because I wasn't invested in Atlanta Hawks like that. Like, I saw everybody riding for them as far as, like, yeah. Because it's like, yo, the Migos are riding with them, T.I., like, so everybody's favorite artist is, is with them. So everybody mm -hmm. just felt the need. But I've always known about Tom Brady. I've always seen him put in, put in work, and I'm like, yo, this guy is dangerous. You know what I mean? Like, I, I was never going to, if I was supposed to place a bet, I didn't place a bet, but I was supposed to place a bet, I would have put my money on him. Brady, you know, anyways, you know what I mean? So when I saw it happen, I was just like, I was enjoying the game. Like, I was just happy for, from a real fan team. Atlanta put on a clinic in the first half. Like, even though it was a blowout, I'm like, wow. I was just really looking at this Freeman guy. I'm just seeing all the stuff they're doing. I'm like, yo, they're really playing really well. Mm. But seeing what I saw, man, that was just the, like, trust me, man. I'll never forget that. Like, I, I don't even care about football like this, bro. Believe me. But that, that was something like, it's just because you know you're supposed to stop this and you know that this is the game and you know that this is the trophy that you work for all year and you're just going to let him just keep coming down your line, coming down from his line all the way to yours. Like, there's nothing you're going to do to stop this, like, three or four times. That, that's the part where, like, the Falcons just got to feel like they gave this up. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. I mean, yo... Even after like the last like the, the touchdown, the Super Bowls, uh, the uh, the Patriots had to score to tie it to send them overtime. Like yeah. Atlanta pinned them at the eleven yard line, so yeah. Brady had to march the entire length of the field with like three minutes left, no timeout. This is what I'm saying to you, bro. And two point <laughs> conversion, like how how? This is what I'm saying as like as a team. It's like you guys should feel like you should feel just I don't know like because I I don't know what word to use right there, but it's just like. I get that the better man has to win, but when it's in your hands, like that's like remember when when the Lakers gave it up in this um in two thousand eight to the Celtics, mm, yeah, yeah, like yeah. Kobe always said he never slept, he didn't sleep that summer, like yeah. he did, and that's you know, the Falcons because they they're not gonna be back here like next year, and that's what I keep telling people like 
Oh, the, look, look how the Cowboys had a great year. They were like thirteen and one, what twelve and one, thirteen and one, and I'm like, you guys expect them to do that next year? I'm like, no. The 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 Panthers did that the, the other year, and they were out. They didn't get yeah, to the playoffs. Exactly. So it's like, yo, football's a, it's a it's a tricky sport. Like you gotta be hot, and you know what I mean. So the the Falcons gave up something, and they may not be ne- next year. So it's like, yo, Matt Ryan, like that that that's how your career is gonna end. But um. That's that's yo, that's way, fucked yo, up. Did you see that, that that meme that was going around after the game? Someone had photoshopped Hillary Clinton's head on a Matt Yeah, and no, yeah, I seen it, man. Not oh, I, I don't even know how these guys work so fast, man. Like at, at the half during the game, they had the meme of um, you, you, you seen that teacher giving high, high fives to all his, all his students. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they had the Atlanta Falcons coach giving high fives to all the players like at halftime, like when they were winning. Like it, yeah. these guys are quick, man. But um. Your boys, man. I mean, not your boys, but the city, the city's guys, the Raptors. Hey. But but they're dear to your heart. They're dear to your heart. So that's why I got to say your boys. Your boys put. No, I'm willing to rep the Raptors, man. No, I know you're willing to. You are repping. Yeah. You are repping every time you speak and breathe. But um, what's how, how did you feel about the win today? That was good. It was good. It felt very much like you know beginning of the season where. DeRozan and Larry both got it going. Uh, the rest of the team, you know, they kind of just fall in line after that. You know, like, it's, it's basketball. Like, a lot of it's pretty simple, right? You got, like, two guys who are consistently beating their man, and then that creates problems on defense. And then once they pass, someone's going to be open, and they got to hit that open shot. And, you know, for a while, the Raptors weren't the assistant. Like, the guys around them weren't hitting open shots, you know, during this, like, weird funk in January. But and with everyone coming back to, you know, full health, DeMar DeRozan looking great. You know, this is a very much like one of the wins they had earlier in the season where, you know, at home, they just dump a truckload of points on the opposing team and it almost doesn't matter how good the defense is or not because if you score on the 18, you're going to win. But, so, see, the, yeah, thing about it is, you know, the thing about it is, I don't mean to sound like a hater, but, like, are you, are you proud to be the Clippers right now? I mean... That's the thing what? about it. Like, like yeah. as much as they lost, they just lost to Orlando. You saw, I mean, Brooklyn, they, they, they lost mm-hmm. to Brooklyn or Orlando. Orlando. They lost to Orlando twice. Okay, yeah, days, Orlando. So it's like... It broke my heart. But. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, you think about those losses, and then they just beat Brooklyn Nets. It's like, all right, they're beating the, this Clippers team that's really pretty trash without CP3. Yeah, CP, yeah. And there's, even with CP, they're pretty trash. It's like... Because all those games they lost... Like, do you wear the Raptors? I know they lost them without DeRozan. Don't get me wrong. Like, that, that's a, that is the, the big part mm-hmm. of the team. But it's just like... Where's the team at right now? Because the East is looking really tough right now, bro. Like I like what I'm seeing as far as like the Celtics, the Wizards. Like it's it's looking like like I'm happy to see these playoff series. You know what I mean? Yeah. All of a sudden, the East looks like as promising as like everyone. You know, before the season, everyone's talking about yo, the East is back. You know, every, every year, yo, every year the East is back. It's yeah. Hilarious. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, early on it was like Raptors and Cavs were number one and two pretty steadily, and then all of a sudden both Raptors and Cavs kind of falling back to the pack, and everyone else is hot. Um, I'm not too worried about the Boston Celtics. I know Isaiah Thomas is doing his thing, but I just, I mean, come time for the playoffs, man. I mean, I don't really see this guy as like actually, I like Allen Iverson, you know, reincarnate over here. Hey, I feel like you could stop Isaiah Thomas, and the rest of the Celtics don't really inspire me that much. The Wizards, I'm, I'm worried about the Wizards. I know, I know, uh, we talked about the Wizards before. Yeah, no, I know. John Wall, Bradley Bill. Oh, they, man. They, turned, they got my eternal respect. Oh, man. They got Paul Pierce pantheon of, like, killing the Raptors. Oh, man, don't talk about it. Don't talk so, about it. 
you know, the Washington <laughs> Wizards, I mean, like, they gave Cleveland all they could handle tonight. Yeah, oh, yeah, no, that, that game was, that, that was, a, that was an amazing game. OT, LeBron got 17 assists. Kevin Love was, like, but Bradley yeah. Bill, he's, yo, know, he, Shumpert broke his ankle. Like, as, as much as he stepped on Kevin's left leg, he, he, that dribble made him go back there, you know what I mean? So, Oh man, he, he, I think they say he he sprained his ankle. Like it was really bad. Like Bradley Beal is a bad man. Like, like, but it's just I I don't think he's consistent, and that's the thing I don't like. Like some like some nights he'll give you twenty seven, three nights in a row. Then you'll get three games of just like nine, eleven, and thirteen points. Like what? Yeah. The, it's just so random sometimes. You know what I mean? But the East. No, but Washington is good. No, man. they're good. No, John Wall. John Wall. If the playoffs started today, I'd like Washington to be in the Eastern Conference Finals against these Cavs. Yeah, yo, John Wall's definitely stepped his game up. I, I, I think, like, as much as he's been good, like, I think now he's in that class. Like, he knows how to get, like, he knows how to get a bucket now, and he knows how to get an assist. Oh, yeah. Like, like he, he, he's up there right now. I, I, lo- I love what he's doing out there. But um, what's going on with the Raptors and Corey Joseph though? Like, he's he played today. Is that because the Rosen's back? Like, what? Like, I read an article on Bleach Report talking about. Dwayne Casey just said that he wanted to give him a mental a mental break. Like, what does that even mean? Yeah, it's kind of confusing, really, because uh, I, you know, Corey Joseph. Like, it's one thing if you take a take a rookie and you like change his you know, playing time around. No one's gonna bat an eye. Like, you know, if you move Pascal Siakam to the starting lineup to the bench or you know don't play him at all, it doesn't really matter. That's not a story. But yeah, Corey Joseph is like a legit piece for the rotation. Like, he's the backup point guard. He was kind of like the sixth man last year. And he, he, you know, he's performed in playoff series and stuff. So it was weird to see him just completely benched. I think part of it was just performance. Like Corey Joseph, uh, you know, last year was kind of being like a not a shutdown guy on defense, like not quite like Patrick Beverly level, but like yeah. you know, annoying, like up in your face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He played, very yeah. active. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Full court bench. press. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That just hasn't been the same for his, his defense, especially his offense has been it's fine, but it's like Corey Joseph's offense is. Yeah, the, you need to do two things for for him to be on the court. He's got to be. He's got to be. He's got to be, be performing on both both ends. Yeah, exactly. And the defense is very important. And you know, the Raptors this season have been struggling with defense after losing Bismack Biyombo. It's they don't have the same structure, sort of from the back. You know, what I mean, like deep basketball. As much as everyone's shooting threes nowadays, you still need a very solid backbone. You know, yeah. to protect the basket, and then everyone else can do their job on the perimeter. And like Corey Joseph just hasn't been able to you know guard his position really, which is weird because he was kind of the go-to guy last year for for guards. Yeah. So, yeah, he just got benched. He just randomly got benched. It's sort of out of the blue, and then we got some random dude named Fred Van Vliet. Yeah, Van Vliet. Because <laughs> you know they would they did, I read arg they're really trying to make a big deal, and then Corey was just like, yo, he he played a hell of a game today. I'm not mad about it. I don't care. Like, they I guess they were trying to press him about it. Mm. You know what I mean, but I, I I don't get that. Like he's he's from the hometown. Corey's a good guy, man. Like you can just tell you, he's a real professional. So I don't get why I don't get what Dwayne Casey was doing that about. Like the team is the whole team was was failing at this this last week. You can't put that on Corey Joseph. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, exactly. And, um, um, I mean, look, if it's like motivational tactic, maybe that worked because you know tonight Corey Joseph was nice, like twelve points off the bench. Um, you know. But that that, yeah, that could be that's more. Than, I, 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 that's I, what you're gonna get from Corey Joseph. Like I, I don't really know. Like in terms of motivation, it's weird. I feel like the team, as the Raptors as a whole, is not like they're not really hurting to uh, for motivation. You know. Yeah, they're, exactly. They're, <laughs> they're kind of like running up on how much talent they have. That's sort of the reason why they lose. But it's not a, a, an issue of not playing hard. Yeah, that's facts. Um, 
like you said, of talent. What do you what, what do you think about this whole Melo thing? This whole should first of all, do you even think Melo would fit on the Cavs? To be honest, I don't. I just don't see the Cavs like disrupting what they're currently doing, right? Because like they they won the they won the fucking finals last year, man, and they got Kevin Love. Like he's 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 having his his best year. Um, for Cleveland, you yeah. know what I mean, like you know, he's had struggles for sure, and maybe in the class it doesn't translate over. But you know, Kevin Love's been playing really well at twenty and ten. He's back to being an All Star, and I just don't really see them moving that for Melo. I think in terms of a media perspective, I mean, like basically anytime any reporter out there just says, "Yo, my source tells me this and that," everyone's going to jump on it. And it's going to become a story. Yeah. And so when you involve two teams like the Knicks and the Cavs, who are obviously two big name teams. Uh, and then you involve characters like LeBron and Carmelo Anthony and even Kevin Love and maybe Phil Jackson. You put all that together, you know what I mean? It makes for a very nice, juicy story. But realistically, they're not, they're not moving Kevin Love for, you know, Carmelo yeah, Anthony. That's, Kevin that's, Love had 39 points and 12 rebounds today. That's the thing. That's the thing that, I, that, that I'm having a problem with. Like, I'm like, if they can get Carmelo without giving up Love, then it makes sense. But to give up Love... It doesn't make sense. Like, like you, I, I, you can't. And I just think that the two alpha, as far as like LeBron and and Melo, they won't be friends at the end of their career. You know what I mean? Like LeBron's a guy that's always in the gym working hard. He's mm-hmm. always like he loves the game of basketball. Like that's how I look at it. Like he he like he he's done so much and he and he's still hungry. You know what I mean? Like Melo, I don't like no disrespect. Like I love Carmelo Anthony for everything he does off the court. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, for like, sure. He's a good dude. I, yeah, I think he, he stands up for for for, for, um, for a lot of a lot of things that other other people in the league don't stand up for. Maybe for just to be politically correct and stuff like that. But Melo talks up. But as far as his game, I think he's regressed a lot. You know what I mean? And I just I I, I don't see that working in Cleveland. Regardless, I don't see it working in the Clippers. Like I could see it working, but not beating Golden State, not beating the Spurs if he goes to the Clippers. Like I just don't see where it's at for Melo now like where do you think where is Carmelo's where do you think his career is at right now like he's getting booed in the garden like it's really bad like it's really bad right now for Carmelo yeah look I mean look I actually sympathize with Carmelo a lot just cause like I feel like Phil Jackson's kind of doing him wrong right now like He's leaking shit to the press. Is, is, yo, see that? Is that is, like, is, yo, is, is, yo so that's what my like, boy was true. saying. That, 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 but like, as a as a president, why are you trying to make problems for your star player? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's basically the whole reason for that is because Carmelo has a no trade clause. Phil Jackson wants to trade Carmelo and start this rebuild. Which, by the way, I mean like, but how, hey, how, Phil Jackson but, gave but how, Carmelo that no trade clause in the first place, so he pretty well, much cut, cut his own balls off there, and also. You know, Phil Jackson's the guy that's been bringing in Derrick Rose and Joakim Noah and whoever else is washed out there and for this Knicks team that's always terrible. So he's trying to pin it on Carmelo, you know what I mean? Like, it's Yo, sort of a, Will, a PR struggle there. Will, what's up? You know, it's funny. That's what my boy said the exact same thing to me. Like, this exact same theory you're saying, like, he's trying to pin... What do you mean pin it on Carmelo? Like, how can you pin it? Like, the thing about it is, I, I get what you guys are saying, mm. but... To me, it's different because Melo made these decisions. You let Phil co- coerce you. You let Phil tell you these stuff, and you believed it. Like you let Phil, yeah. you let him zen you. Like he's a zen master. You let him. <laughs> you know they say Phil, Phil lights sage or something in the room, and he starts talking to you. No, that's just peyote, man. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean. So I don't know because end of the day, yeah, you let him bring Carm- you let him bring Joakim Noah. You let him bring D Rose. If you want to be a winner, 
you got to be vocal in in the front office. Like LeBron talks to whoever they want to bring to that team. They may say it off the record that LeBron doesn't do it, but he he approves the players. Like Carmelo approved of, of seventy two million for Joe Kim. Like, are you serious? Like Yo, this, I mean, that made no sense, man. Joe Kim Miller averaged like four points. But, a, but this is what I'm saying. But Carmelo, did, did Carmelo think that, like, so, like, you want to win and, and you know that you're about to have Joe Kim as starting center for the next three, four years. And, you, and then you got D-Rose one year. Like, why don't you talk up and be like, yo, this ain't going to work. But you still, I want to be here. You keep saying, I want to be here. Like, what happened to want winning? And this all comes back to biting his ass for not signing with Chicago when he had the chance. Like, mm. and, and that team would have been... Elite, like, like. Yeah, that, that 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 you know what? The one thing that that Bulls team did really well was they defended like hell. Exactly, and that would have covered up score, everything right? for Melo. So exactly, he, score, he can't defend. And and, and and three years later, in hindsight, Jimmy Butler would have covered all his flaws because he would have became the cream of the crop and, and 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 who he is right now. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. like, the team would have still been deep. Maybe Paul Gasol would have stayed over there. Like. It would have, but he chose the money, and and that's why as much people can say they pin it on Phil, Melo, like you 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 made the decisions. Like certain players have taken pay cuts. They they've gone to certain different markets because they know I want to win, like, and that that's that that's why I chalk it up to like, you you can't blame it on Phil when, you you're seeing these things happen and you're not saying nothing. Like, yeah, that's true. Like. You have a trade clause. You might as well wave. You keep trying to say I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to do it because he's basically trying to make sure that New York New York fans don't hate him. You know what I mean? Like, no, no, no. The reason he doesn't want to leave is because I think you know, I, look this whole competitive thing. I totally agree with you, man. As much as like I, obviously every athlete is competitive. Like these are all the most competitive people in the world. And Melo is certainly a competitive guy, but in terms of his priorities, I think he has his, like, basically his family and his own comfort in mind, right? He doesn't want to go to Cleveland and sort of set up there, you know what I mean? He <laughs> wants to be in New York, where he gets all these opportunities with his businesses. But he, he has, a, uh, obviously, a bigger voice. I mean, it's not like he's lacking for star power, but, you know, being in the New York market means he also has a big megaphone, you know, so he can carry out all his other off-court stuff. And also, most importantly, he's dating Lala, Lala Vasquez, or I guess Lala Anthony now. He, be, he, be, um, he better she get... She doesn't want to leave New York, and his kid doesn't want to leave New York. So pretty much he's just like, yeah, I don't really want to win, really. I just want to collect this paycheck. You know, I'll be the superstar in New York for a terrible team. But, and that's but, pretty much it. But, that's, but, that's probably why he won the no-trick clause in the first place. Like, that's He's pretty much made his mind up <laughs> with, with that. And you can say whatever you want about that, right? Like, you know, you should probably want to win, but... I think Melo's probably said many times. It's his life, yeah. When he re-signed in Europe, that was 2015. The Knicks weren't shit 2015. Like, he wasn't re-signing with a good team. He was re-signing with a terrible team. Yeah, exactly. He wanted that 118. Like, he wanted it all. Like, he didn't... Yeah. He, 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 he's thinking about his financial life, and I get that, man, but don't be doing those commercials talking about... Are you on the computer talking about this? When you really... You really aren't, like... Because he's... Yeah. Because the thing about it is Carmelo has... A fan base. I don't know if he knows it. He has a hive of guys yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah. That, that that put him in the upper echelon of guys that he's not that he's not with. And 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 this is no. I, I don't want to disrespect Melo, but it's like he Kevin Durant came to the league probably like six years after Melo and, and did and and has done everything Melo has done plus more. Like yeah, for sure. You know what I'm saying? Like guys came in, came in the league and like he, is he a top fifteen player? Top twenty player? Nah. He's not. He's not. And, and as much as everybody says, yeah, he can get you a bucket, but it's like, 
he ain't getting them. Like, and, and he loves to settle for this three now. Like, I don't know. And I just think if he went to Cleveland, LeBron would see that, yo, his boy's work ethic's not the same as his, and they'd clash. Like, it would be like, whoa, like, holy, that's how you're going to hold up the offense, Melo? Like, you're going to, like, it's just not going to work. And maybe the, the Clippers, it could work out, but they're all on one-year contracts by the end of this year, so it's like, it's just going to be so much of a risk. Like, I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm just to play devil's advocate. Like, I mostly agree with you. I think the clash will be there, too, but we've seen Carmelo, like, when he plays with the Olympics teams and stuff, like, he kind of changes his role, you know what I mean? Like, when Carmelo's focused and just being a spot-up shooter, we've seen him in the Olympics. Like, that guy, like, you're Nigerian, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, so oh. you, you remember when <laughs> was 37 like, 11 minutes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right, like, that's kind of, like, deadly score <laughs> Melo could be if he's focused yeah. playing within the team. You got, like, a guy like LeBron passing it to Melo. Like, I can see how that might work. Of course, they're all great players. You can see that happen. But I can only be a lot of tension. So, I, you know, like, Melo has to change his play style completely from but, what he's currently doing right now to what he would be doing with the Cavaliers. So that's why I, exactly. I that. and, and I just don't see... Like basically, what that that team's gonna have to try and turn, they're gonna have to try and turn into the Warriors. Like yeah, exactly. And it's not happening. And it's not happening because none of them can shoot like that. And 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 what's gonna happen is Melo. I'm telling you, because Kyrie's still gonna be the second option. So I don't know how Melo and the like. It's just gonna be a, oh, too much over there because Kyrie's always hit, taking the last shot. Or and Melo's gonna. It's just not. Gonna, that would be. I don't know. I don't. I don't know how that would work. Because Melo's an alpha dog. He's been. He hasn't really been successful, but he's been the man his whole career. So it's like going to Cleveland or going to the Clippers, like what role is he going to accept? I think the Clippers would be a lot better role and probably a better market for him. Yeah, true. You know true. what I mean? I mean, look, here's the thing. Like, the way I look at Melo is kind of like the way I look at Paul Pierce. I mean, Paul Pierce been in the news recently. He went back to Boston for his last game. Yeah, so. yeah. That, 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 that was very dope. No, but that was very like dope. The, the, all-time rapper killer right there must be. You know, Mr. Paul Pierce, but like that's sort of the career Melo kind of had, right? Like Melo, obviously, in terms of talent and everything like that, he's a better player than Paul Pierce. He had more talent, but like Paul Pierce at the end of his career, when he got old, basically got into a winning situation and then became a champion with the Boston Celtics, right? Like Melo kind of had the same situation. Hold up, hold up, hold up. When it came time for Melo to decide, you, 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 you really, you, you, you really take the spotlight. He said, nah, I'm going to stay in New York with this terrible-ass team instead of going to Chicago where that could have been like a Boston Celtics situation with a couple of stars coming together and, you know, and you're making a run. And Melo just never did that. And now he's pretty much living up the alternate timeline of what Paul Pierce would have been if Paul Pierce never got Kevin Garnett and Ray Allen. Man, I can't believe you're saying that right now. You really think Paul Pierce... You think Melo's better than Paul Pierce? Yeah. Why? Like, wh Why? He's well. Come on, man. He's faster. He's stronger. He's even more athletic than Paul Pierce. Like Paul Pierce is a better defender, but like I would say, Mel, look, just come on. Mel is a better player than Paul Pierce. I don't know. I don't, Paul Pierce in his prime. though, Paul Pierce was pretty good, man. Like okay, 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 okay. Okay, okay, okay. This, this is the question. This is the one I want to know. Melo, Vince Carter. I, I think Vince, Vince, had, Vince, uh, like in, in their prime. Who, I'm going with Vince. Yeah, I'll, I'll go with Vince, too. So, so, but some people are saying Vince isn't a first ballot Hall of Famer, which I think he is. That's nuts, man. But but that's that's how tough it is, right? Because, you, you know, the silver. So what could Melo be? Because I think Vince is... You think Melo will be a first ballot? Yeah, I think Melo will be first ballot. Like, you know, like the ba Hall, NBA Hall of Fame. Like, they don't just... Like, the basketball Hall of Fame. It's not just the NBA. You got college accomplishments. No, I'm, I'm saying... Accomplishments I'm, and all that stuff, like... 
you, you, when you tack on all that other shit with Melo and the fact that like Melo won by the time Melo finishes his career he'll be in the top 10 in NBA scoring and stuff so you honestly wow I can't believe you said wow Damn, he's already bro. like twenty. He's already in the, like in the in the twenties in terms of all time NBA scoring. You, you, you know, you're, you're, like, yeah, Melo. He hasn't won a championship, you know, and all other stuff. But yeah. I don't know, man. I, 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 I think I'm I'm more sympathetic to Melo. You I, I hear the sympathy. I hear it because yeah, <laughs> no, because he's a nice dude. I want nice things to happen to him, but he kind of like you said, man. I mean, a lot of that is on him too for a choosing not to win. A lot, man. man. A lot. Um, what do you feel? What did you feel about that whole? the LeBron and Chuck situation? Uh, I don't know, man. How does LeBron create controversy every damn year? That's what I want to know. Like, why can LeBron can just... Can LeBron just chill? Like, I, I support LeBron in all sort of aspects, really. Um, I think what he's doing to basically change, like, the, the player-owner sort of dynamic is very revolutionary and very much needed because, like, owners... You know what I mean? Just think of the word owner. And <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. They have way too much power and, and sort of all the players, no matter what, their star power has to fall in line with the organization and everything like that. It just doesn't, you know, vibe with me. But, like, LeBron, every year he's got to make some controversy, right? Like, every damn year. And it's always January. Remember last year this time they got David, he got David Black fired? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which yeah, is yeah. a good move, for sure, right? Like, Tyron Lue came in. She likes to shake things up, you know what I mean? It's a good move. And then the year before that, LeBron took that two-week hiatus. Remember, he just, you know, randomly went to Miami to get that rest and recovery. Yeah, AKA, go, go through the know. gym, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Nah, man, but... Um, Lose some more hair, yeah. You got to... You, <laughs> yo, you got to think about it, man. LeBron, he, like he likes... Like like you said, around this time, he knows his trade deadline. He knows that, all right, it's time to get serious because after All-Star, it's time to buckle up. Cause he, and right now, I think LeBron is, is most... It, he's the most nervous he's ever been in his career because yeah. like I mean I give it up to LeBron he's he's top five already and to me I could always say top three because I, I can just say like I'm looking into the future I just see all the stats he's going to be in. He's gonna, I can just see him being like top ten in everything yeah you know what I mean sure. so stuff like that he's already there but if he goes to the playoffs I mean goes to the finals and get swept or like a four one four two, he, he like he knows it's gonna be like I'm I'm never gonna win ever again in the finals. Yeah, that's the scary part, right? Because you look at Golden State, right? Like all their pieces are locked in, and you look at guys like I think the oldest guy of the core is like Kevin Durant, who's like twenty nine. Yeah, like, twenty nine is not a big deal at all. And, uh, for a guy like but that, but but but, but is it is it like, like a, he's gonna age well? Like Dirk is age well. But yeah, Steph Curry's like twenty seven. Draymond's like twenty five. Clay's like twenty five. You know what I mean? Like the whole core is locked in. Everybody's there. Uh, they they're not relying on these pieces. Whereas like you look at Cleveland, like LeBron is. You know, like Love and Irving are sort of, you know, young and in their prime, but LeBron is like nearing the end of the prime. He's like 32. Like LeBron's played more minutes in his, his career so far than Allen Iverson ever did in his yeah, entire career. But like it, Magic Johnson more than Larry Bird. Like LeBron is already very old, and you got to remember he's coming out six straight finals appearances, and he's carrying such a big workload. And that's probably that's why he's like calling for this, like you know, the Cavs, like get some more help because like LeBron is playing like. He's leading the league in minutes per game, which should not happen at 32. Like, I know, that's he's crazy. He's carrying this team because there's no backup point guard, and Kyrie's more of a scorer than a point guard. So I feel bad for LeBron. But like you said, man, yeah, I could definitely see a scenario where he gets the completely washed out by the, the you know the Warriors. So he I, he's definitely stressed because he's only got so many years left. 
Yeah, and, and so the Cavs are kind of wasting his time almost. Yeah. Exactly, and they, and that's the thing about like you said, Kevin Durant's twenty nine. They see like a basketball player is in their peak at twenty eight to, to like thirty two, and Kevin Durant's really gunning right now. Like his efficiency is insane right now. Yeah, everything he's doing is just off the charts. So it's like LeBron knows it's like yo, I have to. I I I went to war with them last year, and then they added this guy. A guy that LeBron knows is like LeBron respects Kevin Durant's talent, and he's he, he's always got over Kevin Durant. But it's like now he knows Kevin Durant doesn't have to do so much. Like he literally knows all this guy has to do is just gun and shoot, like just shoot and shoot. And plus, Steph is I know LeBron is like yo, I don't want to go to the finals and have to get embarrassed. Like that's the thing. Like it because mm-hmm. it won't if they like they have to win. They have to because if they don't win, like. It's not going to be a seven-game series. Like, if they don't win, it's going to be 4-1, 4-2. Like, that's it. Yeah, man. And you look at you look at last year, right? Like, it was the, the – like, the Warriors were up 3-1, right? And that wasn't, like, just a joke back then. It was like, yo, the Warriors kind of, like, owned the Cavs in the regular season. Remember when they went to Cleveland oh. and beat them by, like, 30? No, it was bad. Cleveland fired their coach? Yeah, it was right? bad. Like, it was bad. Then they, they went to the playoffs and they were just like smoking Cleveland. Like the first, the couple first couple games, Steph Curry wasn't even playing well. Sean Livingston was scoring twenty points and leading the Cavs or leading the you know the Warriors to victory. And it looked like the Cavs are going to lose in five. And, all, and then you have the greatest comeback basically in basketball history. What, what what LeBron did, but even then, like you look at the total seven game series and the, the Cavs won that seven game series by a total of four points over seven games. And a lot of that comes down to Harrison Barnes. In like the last three games, games five, six, and seven, Harrison Barnes goes five of twenty-three from the field. Yeah. Now you replace Harrison Barnes with Kevin Durant. Like Kevin Durant is better than Harrison Barnes by four points in a half. Let it go home four game, four points in a whole seven-game series, right? So, and then you look at what Cleveland did in the offseason, and like they lost Della Vadova, which is like you know it's not a big deal, but no, nah, like, he's he's good though. He's good. He was he was fine. Yeah, he was fine. He's Classic white guy point guard, you know, just plays scrappy, really scrappy, defense. yeah, like <laughs> and uh, shoots threes. Yo, 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 who, 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 he, he, you know, who he reminds me of? Team like Cleveland, then you also lose Mozgov, who is a big body in the center. Now they have no seven footers on the team except Channing Fry, who's really just a shooter. So the Cavs really took a step back, whereas like the Warriors, like, like they added Kevin Durant. So that's why I didn't blame LeBron when he's telling management, like, yo, get me a point guard. Like that's, I'm not asking for a lot. It's not like I'm asking you to go get, but, you know, but. But what I'm trying to say is, what I'm trying to say is like, getting mellow, even getting a point guard, whatever, or even getting mellow. There's there's not much you can really do to like to combat getting a Kevin Durant, but be the best player that you say you are is and be the best player on the planet, which is LeBron James. Like you have to be the greatest player on the planet to accomplish this. Obviously, you have Kyrie there, and everybody knows how I ride for Kyrie. But when you what. When you get Kevin Durant, like getting mellow, even that's not like that's not it. Like getting mellow, that's not enough. You can no, get mellow. Not. You have to get mellow, and then you have to get a center, and you have to get, like. But even that, because it's like these guys can beat you from the three point line. It, 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 it's insane. Like I know LeBron's having sleepless nights about this. Like you can see, yeah. he, he's got grays in his beard right now. Like it's crazy. Like it's crazy. Yeah, pretty much LeBron, like, even, like you said, man, no matter who LeBron gets to, you know, whoever Cleveland manages to, to trade for, like, it's going to take another miracle from LeBron to beat this Warriors team. And if LeBron does beat this Warriors team, like, yo, he really needs to be in that Michael Jordan discussion. Yeah, because, exactly. Like, no, yeah, I for sure. I don't know if Michael Jordan ever beat a team like this. Like, Golden State has four 
all NBA players, Facts. two top five players, and Steph Curry and Kevin Durant. Like, uh, 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 man, yeah. uh, somebody that Kevin Durant, he, like, he's almost at twenty thousand scoring. Oh, yeah, yeah, almost. I think he's already like at seventeen or eighteen or something like that. And he, this guy's only been. When did he come in? Only two thousand seven, two thousand eight, two thousand. Yeah, two thousand seven. Like four scoring times. Like nah, man. Like it, it's insane. It's insane what what Golden State's doing over there. I um I don't know, but yo, like you know, usually every year you hear about the sleeper, the Spurs, or the sleeper. You don't even hear about them this year, and they're they're really getting the job done. Like they 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 got a great record. They're coasting. They're beating teams. Yeah, the Spurs. Yeah. But I guess just nobody just believes that they can they can bring it to Golden State or what? Like I don't I don't hear about the Spurs at all. Do you think they're gonna be a sleeper this year in the playoffs? I mean. Well, part of the excellence of the Spurs, and I'm not taking anything away from that, and you know, a lot of sports, it's sports about the details, right? And especially in the playoffs, and like basically what the Spurs do is they never ever make mistakes in the regular season, just never. And you see, and they're always consistent. They're always got a deep roster, so even if they rest some guys, will be fine. But like, I don't know if that that works in in the playoffs, right? It's kind of like the Raptors are kind of the same way. Like the Raptors, and obviously not to the level of the Spurs, but like. Pretty much, they know what they're doing every night. They keep the ball in the best, the players' best hands, and then they they don't make enough, they don't make a lot of mistakes. Like the Raptors never turn the ball over, and basically they just do all the right things. But when, in, in the playoffs, it comes down to matchups. It comes down to you know everyone sort of focused now. There's no bench players playing, and it's all about who you really got. And like when you look at the Spurs and you ask them who they really got, like okay, yeah, Kawhi Leonard's a great start. Kawhi Leonard is awesome, but he's not even as good as Kevin Durant. Yeah, right? yeah, and then you look at Lamarcus Aldridge, who you know you put up put up buckets for sure. He's, he's not it. He he is no defense. honestly, honestly, bro. Like that guy. What do you think about that guy? Like when when he was in Portland, I believe I believed it. You know, I yeah. I, I I actually believed that he was he was pretty decent. He's trash. Like he's not he's not that good. He's like, not. He, no, he puts up big numbers, but he's he not doesn't that even good. put up big he numbers anymore. He, to me, like for for somebody like for obviously nobody's gonna replace Tim Duncan, but for him to actually be the guy that they want like he's not efficient he's he doesn't get you 20 and 10 easily like he can't do that yeah exactly and you know what though sometimes he he, he gets really hot and he plays really like with a lot of physicality and he somehow like normally he's not a good defender yeah Marcus, yeah you can score on the markers but like when he's really motivated he could be a good defender and that that makes all the difference in the world but yeah, man, LaMarcus Aldridge, he's always, you know, he's never really quite been as good as the numbers suggest. You know, he's sort of been that fringe all-star kind of guy. So then that's the number two. And then you look at the number three, like, who's Spurs number three guy? Like, Paul Gasol, Danny Green. Like, yo, he Gold fell Gold off, Gold too. Gold. Danny Green fell off, too. Like, it, it, yo, what happened? Yeah. He he fell off. I, I thought he was a really good shooter. I don't know, man. Yeah, like, you look at it, right? Like, Kawhi versus Durant. You take Durant. LaMarcus versus Steph Curry. You take Steph Curry. Paul Gasol versus Draymond. You take Draymond. Yep. Danny Green versus Clay Thompson. You definitely take Clay Thompson. Even Tony Parker versus, like, Sean Livingston. I might actually take Sean Livingston. I mean, like, at, at the very least, yeah, no, um, it's, it's crazy. better than Parker. Yeah, know, exactly. Like, More valuable, so, like, you yeah. you go down the line, like, it's not really a lot there, right? The Spurs are just a system, and then... You know, we see like we saw what OKC did to them, right? OKC was dominating the Spurs, and they couldn't do shit. Yeah, yeah, the whole time, I, the athleticism they couldn't deal with it. Yeah, their old team exactly that, that too. Like they have, who's really protecting the basket around there? Like Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard's their best shot blocker. Like, come on. <laughs> but I, I do want to give Kawhi Leonard his credit. Like, I, I, yeah, he's awesome. Man. I think he's become a really good offensive player, man. Like, I like him. 
Yeah, he's trying to do some Kobe moves too. Like he's got the fadeaway. Like everyone talks about how good Demar Derozan is in the, in the mid range. Yeah, yeah. You know, Demar Derozan is a killer in the mid range, but Kawhi Leonard. He's smooth. I yeah. would say he's even better than Demar Derozan in the mid range. He's smooth. No, he's got it. He's got it. Yeah. Like, yeah, and, and I never like he he shows up to big games now. Like before, like he you know he's so timid, but like he'll just quietly give you thirty seven, forty. Mm-hmm. Like you know what I mean? I I, I, I like that. But Lamarcus Aldridge, I, I can definitely say. He stole a hundred million from the Spurs, and he, he he's not it. Like I'm I'm glad I'm glad he's not it um, with the Blazers anymore. And I also wanted to on the podcast talk about just just quickly just talk about Chandler Parsons because like you see when he got into that thing with CJ McCollum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I found that hilarious because I think Chandler Parsons is is he's a complete bum. <laughs> no, yeah. I I think like he's so I, overrated and and. He rates himself and puts it out there like he's, like he's some super super talent. Like he thinks he's Gordon Hayward. Like he thinks he's that guy. He's not. Yo, he thinks he's Larry Bird. Man. Yeah, like you know what I mean. But like he's not even as good as the best white player in the league. Like Gordon Hayward can really ball. You know what I mean? Like Chandler Parsons. Yeah, yeah I don't think Chandler Parsons can do anything. Yo, man, like yo, Parsons. Like he had nice moments. I thought he he ended up in the right system uh, when he was in Houston. And even in Dallas, like a lot of the, what Dallas did, like they, him and Mark Cuban were were, born we're buddies. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, yeah did so you, like, did you read that article? Everything to him, and, like he has nice moments for sure. But like in terms of, like he got paid pretty much like what Demar Derozan got paid. You yeah. know what I mean? Like like Demar Derozan is not like some sort of killer all star or whatever. He's a very good player now, but like he's you know, he's at least Demar Derozan earned that max. Whereas like, you know, Chandler Parsons was a situation where. A couple of teams were desperate for wings. Yeah, the Blazers. Um, Memphis, de- def- they, they needed a small forward for like 10 years now. Um, you know, uh, Portland also wanted a small forward. They, they couldn't get him, and they ended up getting Evan, Tur- Evan Turner, so that's how desperate they were. Yeah. And basically, it was just a situation where a lot of people wanted his, 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 you know, his services, and he ended up getting the max. But that's not reflective of what he is as a player. I mean, yeah. He also had knee injury. He's had a couple of knee surgeries now. He's had more knee surgeries than Damari Carroll, which is a, never a good thing. Um, and yeah, he's he's limited, man. Like he, he's gone through like half a season. Now. He's averaging like five points a game. Like, no, nah, yeah, he, he he's re- he's really he, he's ridiculous. All this guy does really is like apparently he's just like the world's best like like white party bro. Like he's like a he's like he's like basketball Gronk. Except yeah, he's not nearly as good as Gronk. Yeah, you know yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> like he, he's you hear all these stories about him just being a dude, bro, with like. Mark Cuban and yeah, signing yeah. the contract in the club and it's just like okay yeah that's, yeah that's you, cool, did you, you you read that article right play. yeah like you're not gonna play right so you read that article where like you wanted that he like he was in the taxi and he screamed oh you gotta pay me more Mark like I, you know yeah, like, <laughs> you, what, you, you, you hardly play like six games a year what do you mean <laughs> but yeah I mean he almost he, he almost swindled the DeAndre Drum yeah, yeah 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 that yeah yeah. And that's why he was mad. But it's just funny because he he went at CJ's team because obviously the, the Blazers have yeah they really took a turn for the worse this year. Yeah, but, and then he took a shot at them saying, "Oh, you'll be in the lottery again." And they're like, "Yeah." And CJ said, "Yo, well, we hit the lottery when we didn't sign you." And that's really for, that. At least they got Evan Turner, but at least he can actually play and do something like Chandler Parsons. Right, you know what I mean? He's really out there playing twelve minutes a game. Like like what a bum. But um, moving off the basketball, will. How do you feel about this Trump ban and all this craziness going on in the world right now? Yeah, I mean, look, uh, I feel like 
as any person of color, really, you get worried when you have someone like Trump who, you know, he's not directly tied to, but has a lot of people in his brain trust right now who are sort of white nationalists and stuff. You just get worried about that shit, you know what I mean? Like, the, pretty much since World War II, um, the history of the world has been one of openness and sort of moving in that direction, globalization, um, and a lot of liberal ideals sort of being implemented and stuff. And it's weird when all of a sudden, not all of a sudden, it's, it's accumulation of a couple of things, but when you start to see nationalism sort of take over and, you know, America sort of taking the step back and going the other way, um, shutting its borders. You know, the first proclamation that uh, Trump ever put in once he took office was he made it February 20th or January 20th, the National Day of Patriotic Devotion. Yeah. Which is just like, yo, what does that really mean? Like, what are we saying? We're going back to nationalism? Like, gotta close our borders? Like, that's, that, that, we just know how that ends. Like, that always leads to, you know, people being separated and wars being fought and all these differences between people. And yeah, it worries me, man. The, the Trump stuff, it worries me. Like, and then the Trump ban, I mean, you know, it's, it's an anti Muslim ban. Like, it's, yeah. Like, that's pretty much what he campaigned on, you know, like basically saying to middle America, oh, terrorism is this huge issue and, you know, we got to fight them now and they're coming for our country and stuff. But, like, the reality of the situation is, as anybody who is, you know, from uh, a Middle Eastern country yeah. can tell you, like, the vetting process to get anywhere, whether it's Canada, United States, the United Kingdom, anything like that, it's, it's almost impossible. The system was already set up so far against them. And then for Trump to close the door on them completely out of the blue with that with that ban, and, and the fact that it didn't even go through courts as it already took place, and not even letting refugees in. I mean, like, what are you saying, America? Like, you're supposed to be the leader of the free world, and you're not really acting, you know, as such. So no, you're right. Something is is demoralizing. Plus, you know, I got a lot of friends who are, you know, from those countries like Iranians, uh, Somalians, like. These are the kind of people I grew up around, right? And, like, I sort of look at them now, and I'm like, yo, if, if, if this were a different time, if we were in America instead of, you know, in Canada, uh, you know, this, these people might not have been able to come, come over, you know, and escape some very tough situations from back home. No, nah, you're right. And, and, and it's just, like, because a lot of people are, like, are like your boy Swanson, he, yeah. he, he, he firmly believes in Trump, you know what I mean? Like he, yeah, I heard that episode. That he, was crazy. Man. Yeah, when man. Trump got elected, you guys are screaming at you and the the, the other chick that was. Yeah, on. yeah, man. Like he firm, he firm, <laughs> he firmly believes in Trump. You know what I mean? Yeah. So when yeah. I think of stuff like that, you look at it and it's like, okay, because uh, he Trump's slogan is "Make America Great Again," and then what that means is "Make America Great Again." So, but his his thing is, I think make America great again by any means necessary. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's not how it's supposed to be. You know what I mean? As a president, you're supposed to, you're supposed to be looking out for the people. But like his agenda is just, all right, if this is my idea of making America great, I got to eradicate this, I got to do this, I got to do this, I got to do this. And it's so yeah. fucked up because he doesn't realize, like as much as, I, I just think that as much as the media and people, like there's fake news and a lot of, um, a lot of shit's just propaganda, but, Man, I, I don't want war, like, on territory. Like, you know what I mean? Like, as much as I don't want war in the world, like, but I don't want war actually being people trying to bomb America or you already have people that... Because what he forgets is that as much as you're banning people from the country, there may be people that are legal citizens that are like, all right, you know, I'm, fe I'm fed up with this, that make yeah. them want to become terrorists and make them want to do these things because you're actually oppressing their people. You know what I mean? So it's like, 
that's and that's now their way of trying to fight back. So it's like you could actually be like getting the riot started. You know what I mean? Like I don't know. Like it's actually crazy what's going on. Yeah, and you look at terrorism, like, in terms of, obviously, terrorism has a bigger effect than just how many people killed per capita, but, like, it's, like, terrorism is, like, one in every, like, 50,000 or whatever, some shit like that, whereas, like, you look at other things that are befalling America, like, like, for example, terrorism committed by white supremacists in America, like, that far surpasses anything else. Uh, that terrorism from countries like uh, Iran or Somalia or anything like that, like any of the countries, some countries on his list, you know, those those countries combined haven't had a single death due to terrorism in like yeah. But see, the thing is, fifty years or some shit. But right? see, so, but what you just and, said and is the, the, the terrorists that are coming in. If you want to just go by geography, it's like Saudi Arabia and stuff. But you know, like those or like Iraq, but like those countries aren't on the list. Like he's in business with those countries. He's, because he's in business with them, right? Yeah. It's like it's pretty obvious you put all that stuff together. <laughs> and it's not the first time we've had business in the presidential office. Like obviously that always happens, whether it's out you know, forthright or not. But you just look at Trump, man. I mean, I mean even beyond the, the, the that stuff, like he's going forward with the building the, the wall, which is gonna cost like twenty five billion dollars. Yeah. Yeah. To, to build a wall over 16 years and he's and then he's going to say Mexico's going to pay for it but instead Americans are going to pay for it and Mexico's going to pay for it with a 20% tariff which doesn't make any sense I studied economics like that doesn't make any sense um, it's actually going to cost the Americans a lot to you know a lot, a lot of businesses will, will suffer uh, and then he took away like universal health care like he took away Obamacare yeah. uh, for the Affordable Care Act like in his first day in office you know he withdraws from the you know, the Pacific Partnership, uh, Transatlantic Par- Pacific Partnership there, and that might lead to war with China, which, like, no one wants, man. Like, that's the the, the two the world's two most powerful countries right now are China and the United yeah. States. You don't want to see a war between those people. Then you got the construction of a pipeline, and you've now you got Trump saying he wants to deport as much as 8 million illegals from America, and it does, they don't even need a charge. So basically, if you're suspicious, like, basically, if you, if you look brown and you look Hispanic, they could just fucking deport you and shit and it's just like man Trump's first couple of days couple of weeks man he's moving along quick yeah really quick and and that's and that's what I was saying on the last episodes cause it's like if you're doing all this now like what's really next you know what I mean like what could you yeah. really do next like over the course of four years how drastic will you let things go and that's what I'm trying to say everybody you can be in support of him right now but until he steps on your toes you know what I mean and then yeah. you're like oh fuck that's that's what everybody's been going through because right now like a lot of the people that are, that are saying yeah build a wall kick them out kick them out until he really says yeah but you poor motherfuckers are getting fucked over too you know what I mean it's like then you're like he ain't for us he's for him like well, he wants to make America how he envisions it and I don't think what he his 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 vision of America is what America's supposed to stand for. You know what I mean? So it's just it's just a it's just a contradiction. And I just man, I'm just telling you, man. I just think he's gonna just keep bombing places. It's gonna get really crazy out there, man. Like, and then what, what do you think? Do you think it's a trickle down effect about like what happened in Quebec? Like, look, the guy that went and shot the mosque up in Quebec, because he he said he was he he loves Trump and he's a believer in white supremacy. I mean, look, obviously when something like this happens, right, it's, it's hard to sort of tie a direct link, but you got to look at a sort of, so whoever's being named to the presidency, right, of the United States, like that's the most powerful office in the world, 
And that, set, that changes the culture, that changes the tone of the whole world, right? You know what I mean? Like when Obama was in, that changed the whole tone of the world. Just like when Trump is in. Trump is pretty much the opposite of Obama. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, he's just changing the whole tone of the world. And you just, you, you feel like, you look at all these guys, like David Duke, the, the leader of the KKK. He's been cheering for Trump this whole time. And if you're somebody who's voting, and you might gotta, you gotta, you gotta look at it and say, hold up. The leader of the KKK loves this dude. Okay, what's wrong? With <laughs> you look at Russia. Russia is, a, is supposed to be an enemy to the United States. Loves Trump. You got all these allegations. You know, like maybe probably some of it is fake news. Some of it probably is unsubstantiated reporting. But you just there's too much, man. You, you got neo Nazis coming out of the woodwork all of a sudden. You know what I mean? Like that's that's not accidental. That's creating a culture where that's sort of okay. Um, that's sort of excused, and because you can always say, look, we got. You know what I mean? Like, just as much as, it's, it's fucked up to compare the two of them, but like, just as much as black people around the world were empowered when Obama know, was a president. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Took office. It's the same thing, man. Yeah, like, yeah, white yeah. Nationalists are empowered now that Trump took They're office. They're like, yeah, so it's, we, we, it's our sure time it's not, now. I'm, I'm sure it's not Rally up, boss. A Quebec shooting with, you know, some, some 27 year old white dude shooting up a mosque. Like, how fucked up is that, man? There's people praying in there. Like, what the fuck? Nice, nah, for real. It, it makes no sense, you know what I mean. But it's just how pe- it's just how people operate now. Like, and, and like I, I like that. I like what you said. Like it's creating that that environment because yeah. you got to really look at it. Yeah, like all right, people are like all right. The president, the most powerful person in the world, is is making me feel comfortable about saying this to, about people. And like I don't, I never wanted them here anyways. Like you're gonna speak up, like you know what I mean. And it's gonna just create a lot of tension in the workplace, a lot of tension in the world, man. And that's what I'm trying to say. I don't want. War, because at the end of the day, a lot he doesn't. I don't, I'm, I'm sure he understands, but he just doesn't care. That's how these terrorist groups. It could be right now. You guys are focused on ISIS, but it doesn't take long for somebody to start up a new name just because they're like, all right, we're getting oppressed at work. We're getting this. I seen an article about a a cop, NYPD officer, who she was a gar- a female and was getting harassed at work. They were pulling on her jab, threatening to beat her up. Like she filed complaints and. Nothing was done like until just recently, up to like last year. She finally won the lawsuit. You know what I mean? So it's like she was getting harassed at work as a cop, and they're pulling her job, calling her a terrorist. So it's like it's just gonna create a very bad environment for America, and it's just probably for the world. Because obviously now you know um, the, the the prime minister is saying, all right, Canada's open up for for everybody to come here. And he's so liberal, Trudeau, but not everybody's agreeing with his, with his type of thoughts. So it's like, people people over here might be, all right, you want to open up the doors to everybody? Oh, I don't have a job. You know what I mean? Just rile up. It's just, gonna, it's just creating a very uncomfortable environment for the world right now. Yeah, for sure. And obviously America has the power to do that, right? Because they're the big dogs. Like, yeah. They control the economy. They got all the nukes in the world. They got the biggest army, navy, secret service, whatever you want to say, commandos. <laughs> they can do whatever they pretty much want because they're America, right? They got there's some cost to it, of course. But yeah. Realistically, any, you know, you you go one on one with any country in the world, America's fighting in them. Um, exactly. You just hope it. And you just hope it never comes down to that because, like, you also got to look at it too, right? Like once once America decides to do one thing, like there's always gonna be people, countries sort of like trying to fall in line behind America and try to catch on that wave. Yeah. And you kind of like you know I mean and there's a sort of a, a sweeping sentiment sort of across Europe that's happening now where it's more nationalist and the same thing you know, pretty much around the world like China's got a, 
uh, a premier right now who's very you know pro-China. I mean, that's also pretty common in China, but you know, yeah, pretty much the same kind of thing. Not to the level of Trump, obviously, that's almost ridiculous. But yeah, look at you know, the Philippines. Sort of conservative ideals. Those ideals are taking place. Um, you see, uh, you know, Great Britain. They're trying to leave. Uh, the, the yeah, the EU. European Union. Yeah. Like you've got uh, in France a key election coming up. You know the leading candidate there might be a nationalist as well. Uh, and and you know Australia same thing and Japan same thing. Like the Philippines is on a crazy. Philippines. Right? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, even Nigeria too. So it's like everybody's just trying to be on their own. But it's it's like. I, I don't we're too far past that as a world. You know? Yeah, like, exactly. Like, 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 like you and me, like we're here in Canada. Like we weren't. I don't, were you born here? Nah, I was born in England. Yeah, exactly. Right. So I mean, like we're all yeah, know, no, trust me, pretty much, right? And like we're we're kind of too far gone for shit to move start move backwards. No, exactly. I know. I know exactly what you're saying, but it's just it's just exactly America set that tone, and it's like everybody wants to tighten up now. Like, oh, all right, you guys, we can't come there. All right, so we got to make it a little tough for people to get come here. You know what I mean? And. Like, because yeah. look at Russia, like, and, and I know that's, it's just, there's so much going on. Like, Russia never had good relations with America, but now for some reason, Russia wants to make good relations with Trump. Like, there's just so much things going on that, man, I don't know. I don't know, man. It, it's just, it's, it's just a scary time in the world, but it's also a good time. You know what I mean? Like, you, you feel like, yo, you can do whatever you want, but when you look at the news, you're just like, how, how, like, what's happening? You know what I mean? Like, I've never seen that like this before in the news. Yo, I find it hard to use Twitter nowadays, man. Yeah, you see these articles pop up every day. This is what I'm saying. Like, and it's just like, all right, you click this article, and you're like, all right, then right away, it's the next thing. And he really tweets. Like, Don, like as much yeah. people say, Donald Trump really tweets. Like, he watched the Super Bowl today, and we're going to get back to making America great again. Like, like he, he's crazy. I don't know, man, but... um. Well, thanks for being here, man. Let the people know where they can hear from you, your Twitter, and the Defeated Podcast, and what day you guys drop, all that good stuff. Yeah, man, for sure. Yo, first off, thanks for having me on the show. I'm a big, I'm a big fan of the show. Once I found out about you guys. Man, appreciate um, it, man. You know, it's, it's a great show, man, especially the, the way you're sort of covering all these uh, local artists and stuff. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's... Someone's gonna bring them up, you know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? Like, Definitely. Always, like, Toronto's gotta rep Toronto before the world reps Toronto. So. Always. I respect that highly. I mean, yeah, you, you find my work mostly on Twitter at William underscore Lou, uh, L O U. You find me there. Uh, I do a podcast. I do a couple podcasts, really, but I do a podcast uh, with the, the Defeater podcast. You can find us on Twitter as well, but um, yeah, I do that with Harsh and Arun. It comes out kind of infrequently, but we're gonna have something out for the Super Bowl for sure. And, yeah, man, you, you guys, you guys, you guys definitely, you guys yeah, definitely check that out. For Raptors stuff, like uh, I do a podcast on Raptors Public. You can find it there, or you can just you know find my writing at, at the Score, on the app, down the app, go to the blog, listen to my podcast. I'm, I'm, I'm everywhere, man. I'm everywhere. Nah, man, you guys definitely listening well, man. Like he, what I mean, his perspective is. He, when you just find it, like he's an Asian guy with a, like with a Toronto like amazing Toronto perspective, he he'll, he'll shock you. Trust me, like a lot of things you'll say, like what the fuck, like he, he'll he'll shock you, man. He'll catch you off guard a lot of times. You know what I mean? And you need to, you need to find out about the Raptors. You definitely need to check on um, follow his Twitter, man. He's out here, man. Keep keep fucking with Will. But yo, Will, before we get out of here, like is Lou really your last name? Yeah, that's my last name. So like, it means, it means house. No, but it's just funny, like Lou William, like you like, you know what yeah. I mean, like, 
Well, well, I don't know. I just, I just found that funny, like, cause, like the basketball player. But um, yo, that's the thing, yo. So, <laughs> I mean, doing what I do, like in the media and stuff, like you gotta like up your profile and stuff. Yeah. You know I mean, like obviously, the more people you reach, the, the better you do. Yeah. So like, you know, I was doing great, and then all when Lou Williams came to the Raptors, yeah. basically anytime you Google. William Lou. Yeah, you pop up in. Automatically redirect you to Lou Williams Raptors. Yeah, and yeah. I, I'm like unsearchable on Google now, thanks to Lou Williams. Oh yeah, so yeah, 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 yeah. Shout out yeah, to Lou yeah. Williams. Shout out to the. He's got to come out and admit he's Somalian. Come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, yeah, he, he, he denied that crazy man, but um, yo, man, thanks for coming on, Will, man. Appreciate it. Real talk, man. Yeah, no problem. Anytime, man. Anytime. All right, appreciate it.